Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. NetHealth's outpatient EMR and billing software Redoc, powered by XFIT, provides an all-in-one software solution with guided documentation workflows to make it easy for therapists to use and streamline billing processes to help speed billing and improve reimbursement. You can check out NetHealth's new tip sheet to learn four ways that outpatient therapy providers can increase patient engagement in 2020 at go.nethealth.com slash patientengagement2020. All right, on to today's episode. Dr. Jenna Cantor is back and hosting today's episode with her guest, Dr. Adrian Miranda. He graduated from Ithaca College Physical Therapy in 2007 and was born and raised in Manhattan. He currently practices at Windsor Physical Therapy in Brooklyn, New York. In addition, he is a medical consultant and content creator at virtual reality rehab startup called Reactive. In the past, he has worked in media, including video producer and television host for Brick TV, a local television station in Brooklyn. He was a faculty member in the Toro College Orthopedic Physical Therapy Program as the Director of Clinical Residency Education. He was also an instructor for Summit Professional Education Teaching, Continuing Education. He is currently the chair of the PR and Marketing Committee for the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy and contributes to the APTA Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Initiatives. He previously held positions in the NYPTA as chair of the Minority Affairs Committee for the NYPTA, member of the Programming Committee, and Brooklyn-Staten Island Legislative Liaison. He also teaches media, including video editing, video production at Brooklyn media nonprofit Brick. So today, he and Jenna talk about all of the educational resources available at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, diverse mediums used to disseminate research to clinicians, which is so important, how to be involved in advocacy on the state and federal level for the physical therapy profession, and the importance of research for both our advocacy efforts and clinical practice. So I want to thank Jenna and Adrian for a great interview, and everyone enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Jenna Cantor. Welcome back to another episode on Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am here with Adrian Miranda, who is a physical therapist who you have probably seen on social media quite a bit. Adrian, would you first tell everyone exactly what your job is that we are going to be discussing and in which section of the APTA? So I am the, uh, my name is Adrian Miranda. I am the chair of the Public Relations Committee for the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Yes, that's right. A mouthful in which I could not get off book on, so I had Adrian say it for me. Well, Adrian, first of all, thank you so much for popping on today for a nice little interview. Oh, my pleasure. It's a joy. So I want to first just dive in because I don't know anything about the 
orthopedic section uh, in, in the sense of what is it, it is that you guys are doing? For me, as a new grad, I'm always thinking the JOSPT, that's a great resource. And that is it. So we're going to be diving into more what the, the orthopedic section is doing at this point so we can all learn and better appreciate it. And also for those who are considering joining the section, you'll go, oh, this is for me, or actually it's not for me. I'm just going to be sitting with other sections instead. So first of all, what is the big focus for the orthopedic section? Well, the orthopedic section does a lot of things, um, but let's talk about the focus on education. So as you said, the JOSPT, that is actually a joint collaboration between Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy and the Academy of Sports Physical Therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I, so I became the chair, I guess, it's been two years, I believe now, um, or going into my second year, but I was part of the committee for about six months before that. And one thing I would challenge any of you or, or ask any of you to do is actually go to the website, orthopt.org, look at all the links, all the tabs, scroll through it, and you're going to find so many things that when I became the actual uh, chair and I went um, just perusing and, and just looking at what the uh, academy does, because my goal is like, I think the academy does a ton of stuff that not many people know about. You're going to learn so much um, about how much work and effort goes into it and how many resources you can find for yourself or your colleagues. Educationally, there's a lot of independent study courses. The one that you may know if you've either going through residency, um, finishing residency and taking your OCS, but it's the current concepts, which is, I say it's a staple. If you want to take the OCS, you should have the current concepts. You should be looking through the current concepts and reading through it. That's going to be a huge, huge resource. Um, And who better to go to than the academy itself? Um, Besides that, current concepts, there are so many courses, even things that I didn't know about. For example, there is actually a concussion independent study course. As you know, many of us, even myself in the clinic, are starting to get more and more referrals for patients who... um, have had a concussion diagnosis. So that's out there. There are other courses um, that are older. Some you get, uh, the current courses you get CEUs for, they're courses that you don't get CEUs. For example, there is a triathlete course. There is a post-operative course. There is a work-related injuries course, auto accident. All these are resources that anybody can use. And that's just kind of the, the, the tip of the iceberg as far as courses that you can purchase. And uh, moving forward, there are some free resources as well. That's very helpful. So for somebody who doesn't have time, I feel like I'm speaking for everyone when I say that. They're going, oh my God, I have to go and like playing the tabs. How much time is that? I have other things on my to-do list. What would, this is your, you just gave an overview of the education part, but what are some highlights on things that stood out to you personally within that that's being offered? Um, So none of us have time. You're right. Um, And so I think one of the things that you're going to start to see is uh, easier access to information. So, for example, even if you look at any of our social media threads, um, which if you're looking, it's orthopedic with an AE, um, you're going to find, for example, we had a patellofemoral infographic. You're going to start to see more smaller snippets. Because the academy has realized that, yes, people don't know how to digest the information and put it into clinical practice right away. You have to read a large clinical practice guide with 70 pages or 50 pages. Um, and then how to kind of digest that and to put it about back out in the clinic. We're trying to create easier versions of that, whether it's infographics. We're also partnering with 
podcasters like yourself um, to disseminate information from the authors themselves to give you the information so you can have passive listening. In other words, you don't have to read. You can actually be driving to work, going on the subway. You can be on your lunch break and listening to information from authors or researchers of these publications. So we're trying to make smaller tidbits to make it digestible in a form that's also accessible to, to most people. So we've been looking into long-form writing. Um, uh, um, but right now it's infographics. You're trying to get into podcasts and educate more people. But we are looking into the fact that there is a time constraint in our physical therapy profession. Yeah, for that's that's excellent to learn. So for the orthopedic section, with the information that you have provided that they're already offering, which is incredible, who is your audience when you're creating the infographics? Are the infographics for us to better understand or the infographics where we can reshare it to patients? So good question. These are for us. So the, the push is actually for us clinicians to get a better grasp of this literature in a cliff notes in a shortened format. However, if you look at JOSPT, um, and I think moving forward, we're trying to also create a little bit of public awareness. So if you've seen in JOSPT, the patient perspectives, that's one way that you can utilize and share. And I actually remember when they first came out in my clinic, I printed them out in color, put it on the walls and the rooms, and patients actually read it and asked questions about it. Um, but as far as what you'll see further uh, moving forward, like the infographics, it's going to be more for us, for the clinician, so that we can actually suck in the information and be able to distribute it out to our patients in an easier manner. Yeah. That's a big deal. As a, as a clinician myself, where I'm putting together a lot of dance research and creating it on this long form document with links to different research, to have it disseminated would be great because the time it's taking me to create that, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. And I know other clinicians don't have that. So I'm creating this for the dance community at large. So I think that's a really big deal that you guys are looking to make that information more available because there's always regular research. And I just want to point this out because nobody can see it. But as I'm talking, Adrian keeps putting his hand up and be like, give me the mic, give me the mic. I'm taking it away anyways. <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to put this out there before we continue with another question. Um, we are also looking for ideas. We want to engage with our members. So if you have any ideas about how to disseminate this information in a different way. We're talking about even long-form writing. Some people love to read, and that's totally fine. We're trying to look into different options. Uh, we're definitely looking for suggestions, people to collaborate with us, people to uh, similar to what you are doing, Jenna, um, to collaborate with us, give us new ideas. We're definitely looking for innovative ways, um, even, even some old ways that we can bring back to help our clinicians uh, better understand this information and be able to utilize it. I love that. So uh, this is a newer concept, but we have discussed about it. How is the orthopedic brainstorming how to bring in other people who are providing information and education to help up what we bring to patients? I think it's people who are doing the work, um, researchers, also clinicians, uh, people who are in the clinic and researching, people who are in the clinic and researching. Um, But the academy definitely has some of the top researchers, people who have their pulse on newer topics. And one of the things that that also astounded me was when the concussion dependence study came out. And I think that's to show that right now we're going to see an uptick in physicians referring concussion patients uh, to our president. And we have to be ready for that. Mm. 
you are on the PR committee. So you know a little bit about the public and the relations. <laughs> You're like Samantha from Sex in the City, but not. Anyway, so I digress. What is it that you guys are doing and focusing on within the marketing committee alone? And who is your audience for that? We would. We just want to show you stuff. We want to show you and, and teach you things. Um, uh, for example, if you look at our recent post, we wanted to share what happened at CSM. We actually have the Rose Award, which if you are in a, for example, a rural setting, if you're doing home health care, you can actually watch his full speech on his study that had to do with how many visits um, was optimal for home health physical therapists. So those are things that we want to kind of bring you inside and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Um, we are finding committee members who are um, have skills in, in different aspects of the media, uh, which, like I said, we're looking for people. We're always looking for people and new ideas. Um, but when I came in, as I told you, I wanted to share everything that the Academy was doing. Um, at one point, if you look, um, there's actually even um, some certification uh, for imaging. If you're interested in imaging or you think you want to dive into any type of imaging uh, for your research, your PhD, or even if you're a new graduate who says, oh, I really want to learn more about imaging, there's a special interest group for imaging with resources. And there's, um, I believe there is either a discount or something. And you can, again, you can kind of scroll through the social media because we did post it at one point. Um, We just go through so much information that I can't tell you everything off the top of my head. Um, But we're trying to share information that you would actually have to go and scroll and look for on the website. We're trying to make it more accessible. So there's just so many things uh, that we want to, um, it's like a media company, really. We're just trying to share what, 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 what things we do and what opportunities. Oh, another example is um, the Federal Advocacy Forum. So there is actually money that the Academy will provide uh, to a student to actually attend the Federal Advocacy Forum. I believe the deadline is passed for that uh, to apply for the for the scholarship or the uh, the grant. Um, but those are things that we're trying to do. Before I uh, I was at CSM, the, the chair of the practice committee came up to, to me and said, "Hey, is there any way that you can share this?" And so those are things that we even through email marketing, you may have seen it. Um, there was also. Um, um, other uh, programs like CoStar, which you, uh, you'll have to kind of look it up um, or go online or go on the website uh, or social media to find out about it, but it's about innovation in science. Um, and it's not just for physical therapy. So there's a lot of opportunities, volunteer opportunities, ways to get involved, resources, educational materials. So the PR company is just trying to say, hey, you know, those of you on social media, there's all this stuff that you can do. Um, right now, if you look... Um, uh, online soon enough, there will be like a residency Q and A. So there are many of you who are interested in going to residency, um, or are currently in residency, and we're trying to reach out to that population as well. So if there's a target population, it's really the academy members. Um, so we don't have new grads or old grads. There is a little bit more of a push to get attention from new graduates and students, but. Um, we want to be able to share as much information that will help our members. So we are a member-facing organization. Mm-hmm. That's really great. That's actually fantastic. Okay, I'm going to ask a controversial question, more because the concept and idea is definitely backwards with what we are pushing for in the physical therapy profession regarding research. We want to be research-based. We want that these studies to back up everything we do. We're doctors for, you know, for sake. So... 
What about physical therapists who are just going, I don't need the research in order to treat these patients and get them better. I'm not saying this to criticize them. I'm not saying this to, to, to separate us. For somebody who's not interested in, in all this data and everything, what do you guys have to provide for them that they would be specifically interested in where it is where they treat primarily orthopedic cases? And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Adrian's response. This episode is brought to you by NetHealth. NetHealth's outpatient EMR and billing software Redoc, powered by XFIT, provides an all-in-one software solution with guided documentation workflows to make it easy for therapists to use and streamline billing processes to help speed billing and improve reimbursement. You can check out NetHealth's new tip sheet to learn four ways that outpatient therapy providers can increase patient engagement in 2020 at go.nethealth.com slash patient engagement 2020. Well, I mean, you can believe that, but it's, it's the, the case is that you need research to show data, to show numbers, to go to Congress, to go to insurance, to push things and push agendas. Ooh, so whether, I like what you're saying regarding uh, 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 going to Congress, advocating. Thank you. Continue. Yeah. So you need to prove that things work. Now, there's many things that you cannot get data on, or you just haven't created the right methodology for it. Mm-hmm. So you haven't created the right uh, structure, the right research methods, the right way to capture those results. Um, we're in a big data-driven time right now. So whether you believe that you don't re- need research or not, um, it's there and we have to utilize it. And it is actually necessary to help with uh, reimbursements. So it might not hit you right in the face when the patient walks in, but it's going to hit you somewhere. So yes, research is extremely important. Um, and it's not the end-all be-all as well. The way we get research is from anecdotal evidence, case reports, from things that just occur um, and then you go back and say, hey, why did this work? It didn't work or it did work. And it worked because for all the wrong reasons. But if you don't have a scientific method for that, you're never going to know. Listen, in the PR committee, I'll, so I'll tell you something. And many of you may be in the technology sector, marketing sector, digital marketing. We analyze what our members were engaging with. And it turned out that CPGs were where patients, uh, <laughs> sorry, patients, um, what our members were engaging with. And we actually pivoted a bit more to give you more of that content. And it's we're seeing that you are engaging with it more. So if we didn't have that data, we wouldn't be able to give you what you want or even what you need. Um, it is very important. You may not see it right away, but there are things that help agendas be moved forward and prove our worth as physical therapists. You can say it all you want, but if you have numbers, you really can't argue with numbers unless you're dealing with larger entities that have bigger pockets than you. But even at the end of the day, if you fight hard enough for it, you're going to get it. Direct access is moving along. Okay, In New York State, we don't have unrestricted direct access. But if we didn't have studies that are coming out saying that early intervention by physical therapy reduces costs of healthcare, uh, um, uh, uh, achieves healthcare savings, we can't push that bill forward because we didn't have the data. Now we do have the data. So I would say that the sometimes the reason for not agreeing with research has you know personal experiences, negative experiences, maybe not even understanding research and what it does. Maybe you're wasting money on these R one you know large universities doing all this data and research. But 
um, you need to think about it a little bit differently. And the more research we have, the better, but better research and better data, the more that you'll see we're helping more people in the community. The more that you're seeing businesses, physical therapy businesses thriving and being able to kind of give back to the community and give back to their employees as well. So it's this kind of circle. It's, it's almost like a Sven diagram that without research, without the community, without the clinicians to enforce it, we're not going to go anywhere. Um, so I would say to those people that don't believe in research, um, it's, it's like air. It's there. You need it. Love that. Start to touch upon it. I want to dive into it more. Advocacy. What is it that the orthopedic section, say three things right now that you know of that they're advocating for on Capitol Hill? Okay, so um, one of the things I did for the 45th anniversary was create um, almost like a mini documentary, um, which was eye-opening to me. I didn't realize how much the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy advocated for states and government and, and national issues. Um, they actually were very instrumental in practice act things um, all, all, all over the country and even helping with direct access bills. Right now, at this moment, I couldn't tell you specific things, but if you go look at that video, which I think it was uh, last year's CSM, um, I interviewed a lot, most if not, yeah, most of the past orthopedic presidents who actually served on the APTA board, um, and yes, most served on the APTA board, and some of them currently do, it'll be enlightening to you to see how much advocacy the academy actually uh, provides. So having said that, um, I couldn't tell you on top of my head exactly what they are working on at this moment legislatively, but just know that they are. And they're also helping other um, components with their efforts. And they're a resource. So if you, again, maybe you don't want to be in the public relations marketing, but if you have some type of um, legislative issue or some type of issue that you have, reach out to the academy. They might be able to either guide you, steer you, or help you connect with the APTA itself, anybody in the government affairs. We actually have um, a committee directly uh, for government affairs. That's great. And you can even go on the website I'm seeing right now. There is a tab for governance. It's literally on the main page. So you go to governance, and when you put your little mouse or little hand on there, it'll go down and you can get information on what they're doing in their strategic plan. You click on that, and it'll take you into vision statement and goals. So you can really see what they're doing right now if it aligns with you and what you want them to be fighting for, or if you want there are points you want them to address in which you can then reach out to them to make that difference. Thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on to speak and educate about the orthopedic section. I really am a beginner with this myself because I've been a member for since I was a first-year student and never looked into any of the resources until this conversation right now. I think this is literally with the exception of joining the performing arts special interest group, the only time I've really gone into the the webpage. Oh, look, and we just opened it up. So current practice issues right now in what month are we are? March, 2020, direct access, imaging, dry needling, mobilization versus manipulation and practice issues state by state. And then you can get more details on that as well on orthopt.org. You just click on that governance and it'll get you there. Does that answer the question about what 
issues are being dealt with by the academy. Yes, that does. That does. And and for the record, Adrian's the one who clicked and found and grabbed that page so we could just go into practice, current practice issues, and boom, bada bing. Thank you for coming on. Are there any last words you have for anybody who is considering going, joining the orthopedic section, but they're on the fence right now? Uh, join. There's really no uh, uh, drawbacks. Uh, if anything, here's what I, I recommend to anybody. If you have, there's two aspects. If you really want to get involved, you're someone who has been involved in school, you're someone who really wants to help other PTs, you want to help the profession, get involved. There's ways to get involved. You can be a member and do nothing and just hang back. However, you can make such an impact. I've had people recently ask to join or to be able to assist in the public relations committee. Um, If you are somebody who has a lot of gripes and is really upset with what we're doing, Go ahead and join anyway because you could actually be a change. I remember having this conversation with somebody in New York State. I was at a, a PT pub night and they were complaining to me about what uh, this time I was actually in the NYPTA and what the APT does. And I let I let him go and just just vent. And finally, after like twenty minutes of venting, I was like, you know, I'm the chair of this committee. Uh, I'm a part of this committee. I'm on the NYPT and I have board meetings. So I'm thank thank you for saying all that stuff. And he, his whole face kind of dropped, like, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to the wrong person. And I said, no, no, no. The fact that you're that passionate about it, you should join, and you should make a change. All the stuff that you told me you should bring it up at meetings or talk to your district, that's at the state level. At the academy level, you can do the same thing. If you're upset at the laws of dry needling in your state, join the academy and see how you can be part of the practice committee. If you're upset about direct access, if you want to get involved in writing, if you want to get involved in um, editing, um, you know, there's small, obviously there's very few roles for that, but there are opportunities. If you want to get involved in the PR committee, please join. Um, but there's so many things that you can help fix if you're upset about something. And there's so many things that you can help improve if you're pleased with it. So I think there are so many opportunities to also enrich your life, enrich some of your skills and goals and even your practice. Um, so I don't think there's any drawbacks to joining. And then we would love to have as many members as possible. We also want to have members that are engaged. I think when, we, when I talk to the board, we have meetings. Our main goal um, and the people who have been around longer is that our members engage with us. And you're not just someone who's going to sit back and just watch. Although that is okay. We want to be members. But I think it's also important to, uh, if you have a skill, if you have a passion, if you want to help our profession or your community, uh, get involved and, and find where your, your, your spot is. There's so many areas. There are seven special interest groups. There are several committees. Um, there are several task forces that you can be a part of. So I would definitely encourage you to um, reach out. And listen, um, organizations are challenging. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of different um, opinions and, and, and even in my state, this is an issue. In my practice, is an issue. My employees, this, my employers, that, reimbursement, this, patients, this, um, the demographics. There's a lot of things that we can help with with, with numbers, just like and we're talking about research. We have a lot of numbers. You can be powerful. So if there's anything I can uh, impart is that you can help be part of improving or be part of a change. I love it. Thank you so much, Adrian. How can people find you on social media? And do you also have an email even for them to reach out to you? Well, how about this? I'll do you one better uh, because I learned it because Usher and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk are doing, doing it now. I'll give you my cell phone. Um, feel free to reach out. I will give you my email address for sure. The social media is Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Uh, that's A-E, not with a E. 
Um, and my name is Adrian Miranda. You can find me at amiranda84 at gmail. That's my first initial, my full last name, and the year I was born, 84, at gmail.com. And my cell phone is 585-472-5201. Um, I'm very available, so I'm happy to talk on the phone because sometimes actually nowadays that's quicker than an email or even texting back and forth. Send me a text message. I would love to hear your input. And hopefully um, we want to hear how we could uh, be better as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a great day, everyone. And thank you again to Jenna and Adrian for a great episode. And everyone, be sure to check out everything that the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy has to offer. And of course, thank you to Net Health for sponsoring today's episode. Be sure to check out their new tip sheet to learn four ways that outpatient therapy providers can increase patient engagement in 2020 at go.nethealth.com slash patientengagement2020. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.